0: Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at Chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area And your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you.
1: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold.
2: And I'm Kristen Smith, along with Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill, and how was your weekend? It was good. I'm a little sore from that snow last week.
0: Um, looking at you, I think you're more than a little sore.
2: <sighs> wow, that was heavy stuff. And I, you know, I was out there shoveling away, doing my good deed, helping out neighbors, and all of a sudden, it's like Friday afternoon hits, and it's like this is not as much fun. <laughs>
0: well I had my son actually came and cleaned out my yard on Thursday
2: well why didn't you send him to my house
0: because you live too far away oh
2: right away too far half
0: an hour <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that was very refreshing. I totally appreciate Kevin doing that for me. Yeah. And then the light poofy snow, I just kind of tucked my pants inside my boots and I just walked through it.
2: Hey, at least you had on boots and not flip flops. Oh, I was, yeah. No. I saw a guy yesterday when I dropped my kids off at Sunday school, he was out there in a t-shirt, shorts, and flip flop shoveling.
0: They must have different kind of temperatures than what I have.
2: I'm, I'm guessing he's like a foreigner from like Florida.
0: Ooh, then he's really tough.
2: I don't know. Something. I mean, we're in Minnesota. One of the two. <laughs> somebody crazy from Florida or somebody from Minnesota who thinks it's, you know, great weather. In Minnesota, they're really cheering this morning. NFC North champions, the Vikings.
0: Yeah, whatever. That's,
2: that's weird.
0: Yeah, that doesn't... It has, doesn't has, roll off the tongue. Has that ever happened before? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it has.
2: I, I I looked at that and I'm like, huh? Well, I mean, there's a first time for everything. Last year, December 15th, we had tornadoes. This year, 12 inches of snow. I mean, Vikings going, you know, NFC North. Interesting. It is very interesting. (laughs) Oh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover this morning. We're going to get into the Christmas spirit today. We're going to be talking about the Who's in Whoville and this year's Christmas feast and what that roast beast will cost. We've got that and a whole lot more coming up on Wax.
3: Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: Well, I hope you enjoyed the weather this weekend. It was a little chilly, but not too bad. But it's only going to get worse. We're looking at a high of 18 degrees today, so if you want to get out and do something fun, you better do it today because tomorrow, high of 10. Wednesday, high of 8. And the lows, we're not going to talk about that because it's in the negative numbers. But we did have a good weekend this weekend. Got to get out for a little bit. talk to people out at the Wildcat Supper Club. Jill, you ever been to the Wildcat?
0: I've been there once.
2: Ooh, you need to go again. We had a lot of fun out there Saturday night. Well, you didn't invite me. Well, you said you were busy. Uh Uh-huh. Your son didn't come and plow me out. So I thought, (laughs) well, it's too far. (laughs) But we've got to keep moving along. We've got to get moving with a little bit of... We are at 501 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. It's that time of the morning to check in with some news.
4: NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. The House January 6th committee is finalizing plans to issue at least three criminal referrals for Donald Trump. And the former president has some harsh words for committee members. Mark Mayfield reports. NBC News reports that the committee met Sunday with obstructing an official proceeding, conspiracy to defraud the government, and inciting or assisting an insurrection, the charges that are expected to be pursued when the committee publicly gathers and votes on Monday. On his Truth Social platform, Trump referred to the committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol as thugs and scoundrels, adding that Republicans and patriots all over the land must stand strong and united. I'm Mark Neefield. Elon Musk is once again asking major questions via a Twitter poll. The social media site CEO posted a tweet asking if he should step down as head of Twitter, saying he will abide by the results. The poll had almost 10 million votes late Sunday night, with well over 50% of the voters saying he should step down. Appearing on ABC's This Week, Ukrainian ambassador to the U.S. Oksana Markarova said it's time to start holding Russian President Vladimir Putin accountable for his actions.
5: And I, I
0: think it's the moment when we stop listening and analyzing what he says and focus on A, winning, and B, um, taking him into accountability and actually working on a tribunal.
4: Markarova says Russian missile strikes have wiped out roughly 50% of Ukraine's energy grid. Winter weather is set to hit a majority of the U.S. this week. Wind chill temperatures in the 20s are expected to go as far south as Texas. The Dakotas could be in for a brutal awakening as wind chill could be close to minus 40 degrees by late next week. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: And we're five minutes after the five o'clock hour, and we've got to catch in with some farm news and. Jill, we're going to be getting some changes. Catch us up. What's going on in the news?
0: You've all heard the phrase, there's a new sheriff in town. Well, we won't have any law enforcement changes. However, we'll be seeing some new signs at local C-stores. Alcivia and Consumers Cooperative have agreed to terms for the sale of Alcivia's 16 convenience stores across Wisconsin. They've executed a purchase agreement. Alcivia is a member-owned agricultural and energy cooperative in Wisconsin and serving farm, business, and retail customers in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, and Iowa. Consumers Cooperative was incorporated in 1927 as a Wisconsin member cooperative and was created by the early farmers of Sauk Prairie to provide the community with petroleum products. The closing date of the transaction will be announced shortly. That's
2: some interesting
0: news. That is interesting. I know well, I worked for Alcivia at the C-Store in Foster for just a little blurb of time. And w- there was a lot of trouble getting people to come in to work mm-hmm. and just keeping employees there. I did leave too, but... oh. <laughs> But I gave him my two week notice, and mm-hmm. it just I had I had too many irons in the fire, so I couldn't keep it going.
2: Yeah, and that's understandable. Every I think everybody's come and gone from a job, but nowadays, it, yeah, we're not going to talk about the job market today.
0: <laughs> now I think it's kind of hard just to get them to come to the yeah.
2: Job. Well, and it'll be interesting because we just got used to seeing Alcivia, and now it'll be Consumers Cooperative. So.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah,
2: but we'll keep you up to date on when that closing date of that transaction will happen and when things will switch over. But first, we've got to talk about something important. we got to talk about food.
0: Oh, it's always good to talk about food. Oh,
2: yes, and if you're a Who from Whoville, this year's Christmas feast, along with the roast beast, is going to take a bigger bite out of your budget. The holiday feast grocery basket is estimated to cost an average of $60.29 dollars 29 Now, that's 16.4% higher than last year's basket when comparing the same exact basket of goods. It's also double the year-over-year increase reported last year, according to date assembly. The 13 products minus the Who hash they're referring to are stuffing mixed corn, green beans, frozen apple pie... Whipped topping, butter, cranberry sauce, bone and spiral cut ham, or the roast beast. Eggnog, homestyle biscuits, russet potatoes, white frozen young turkey, and homestyle roasted turkey gravy. Now, according to that data, biscuits are the highest price increase, raising 47.7%. The biscuits are rising. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering if you were going to catch that one. Butter and russet potatoes weren't far behind with prices rising 38% and 32.6%. The bone-in spiral ham had one of the smallest price increases at 7.7%. Now, I did some more research and it is still unknown at this time if the Grinch had any involvement. That's um interesting. I know. I mean, the Grinch's heart did grow three sizes, but, you know, you know, maybe tough stom- times
0: stomach grew too so he required more?
2: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of fun though. I like that though. The biscuits rose the most. <laughs> uh huh. Thought that was cute, but it actually did. So, well, we got to keep moving along, Jill. We got to get to weather, and actually, we're going to jump right into that now. We've got <laughs> kind of an interesting weather forecast. Right now, it's going to be mostly cloudy. There was some stars out this morning when we drove in. Snow a little bit later on. Looking at that high of eighteen degrees tonight. There's going to be some snow showers. 1 to 2 inches, they're guessing, with a low of 5. Tomorrow, partly cloudy with a high of 10. Tomorrow night, mostly clear. And you know what that means in the winter. It's going to get cold. Negative 6 for a high at night. Wednesday, partly cloudy and some snow. High of 8. Wednesday night, cloudy and snowy. Low of negative 6. Right now, Eau Claire is at negative 1. Lacrosse 0. Marshfield, 6. Green Bay, 13. Rice Lake, whew, chilly. Negative 5. Wausau's at 8. Madison's at 5. Milwaukee's at 11. Medford at 6. So it is chilly outside. So make sure you get the coat, the hat, the boots, the mittens, scarves. You name it, bundle up because it's going to be cold. And we've got your morning markets. And they'll be brought to you this morning by Rural Mutual Insurance. And then we've got some more fun stuff coming up next.
3: Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: Markets this morning are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance and Jill Welke lead us off. What's going on in the markets?
0: Here we are at the cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 143 to 152 with mixed at 108 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers are 144 to 150 with mixed at 101 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 128 to 148, with select and silage fed steers 94 to 126. Cows are 60 to 87, with bulls at 70 to 97. Butcher hogs are 55 to 83, with sows at 45 to 49 and a half. Boars are 20 and a half and down. Shorn market lambs are 105 to 114. Feeder lambs are 131 to 280. Ewes are sixty to ninety five. Small goats are ten to one hundred eighty five dollars. Medium goats are one hundred twenty five to two hundred twenty dollars. Large goats are one hundred twenty to two hundred fifty dollars and nanny goats are one hundred seventy five to two hundred and ten dollars.
2: Excellent Jill, thank you. And looking at the mercantile exchange, we've got live cattle for December at one hundred fifty five oh five, that's up a dollar. February's at one hundred fifty five seventy seven up ninety two cents. April's at one hundred fifty nine seventy up seventy seven cents. Feeder kettle for January is at 18377 up 72 cents. March is at 18470, only up 2 cents. April was at 18812, down 12 cents. Lean hogs for February is at 8577 up 412. April is at 9272 up 355 and May is at 9877 up 292. On the Chicago Board of Trade, uh, we have your March corn down 4 cents at 648. March oats down two at three thirty six. Your March beans down thirteen cents to fourteen seventy. Your March soybean meal down nine dollars and eighty cents to four fifty forty a ton. Your march wheat just down a fraction at $7.53. Switching over to the dairy side. Barrel cheese on Friday took a hit down three and a quarter cent. to $1.74 Your blocks down eleven and a half cents to a dollar ninety-seven and three quarters. Your AA grade butter, that jumped up though, up four and three quarter cent to two eighty-five and a half. And your class three futures for December down 4 cents to 2050, which was the same price last week, Monday. January down 40 cents to 1924, also the same price as last week, Monday. February down 20 cents to 1907. March down 12 at 1934. April down 15 to 1962. And those markets were downward trending through July of next year. And that's a look at our morning market so far. We'll have more coming up later on. And again, mark- Markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. So if you've been paying attention to the show since we, right before we jumped on, and Jill, you probably remember, what was the first song I set into motion this morning?
0: <laughs> it's a Ooh. mean one,
2: Mr. Grinch. Okay, so we talked the Grinch, and then we talked about, what was the next song?
0: It was the Santa song by the Ooh, Ultra- Oak Ridge she's Boys.
2: good. And I mean, Santa needs something to pull his sleigh, so what did he have next?
0: Well, he must have had your reindeer song.
2: yeah. What's left?
0: Your chipmunk song.
2: <laughs> Any parent who's had kids knows the chipmunk song. Chipmunks with David Seville. And Jill, you probably remember your kids listening to that song, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And they always swing the hula hoop and...
0: Yeah, I don't know. See, our hula hoops are kind of rough around our place. They usually <laughs> ended up kind of bent, so they didn't really hula very well. Well, they're not exactly they kinda, metal. <laughs> well, they just kind of hooped. They didn't hula. They
2: <laughs> hooped. We got a bunch of hoop and hoopla going on this morning here. But actually, we're going to be moving along this morning. We're going to be hearing from Darren Von Rudin. He's going to be joining us next. He's, he is the Wisconsin Farmers Union president. And Miss Charity, from the southern end of the world's longest barn, I had a chance to talk with him. So that'll be a good good conversation.
0: It should be. It was down at the Wisconsin Farmers Union convention in Wisconsin Dells. I was down there on Saturday for a blurp and talk to some people, too.
2: Excellent. So that will be coming up right here on Wax.
1: It's been a week now. The Wisconsin Farmers Union has wrapped up their annual convention held, uh, like we said, about a week ago down at Wisconsin Dells. Bob Bosal here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And it's been uh, quite a year for the Wisconsin Farmers Union charity, especially for uh, President uh, Darren Vaughn who was president, then he wasn't, then he's president again. Give us an update.
5: That's right, Bob. He has been very busy, as he was telling me when I was trying to get him for an interview, he was all over the place. But in a good way, (laughs) the Wisconsin Farmers Union is a member-driven organization, and he was working hard to represent those members all year long, but especially there at that convention. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Helping to drive their mission forward is what Darren Von Ruden Wisconsin Farmers Union president, is all about. He said, we are experiencing a rebuilding and re-envisioning of the American food system, and Farmers Union has been on the front lines of those conversations. He is helping to lead the charge on issues like rural infrastructure, meat processing, competitive markets, and much more. He shares more about the goals that he plans to accomplish moving forward.
6: Certainly want to continue our growth in membership. That's uh, something that we've been doing for quite a few years in a row now but really looking ahead at the the, the main farm issue that's going to be happening over the next 16-18 months is the farm bill and through our Dairy Together program we're trying to get some different dairy policy and that would have a better structure to keep and and allow small and medium sized farmers to stay in the business and so if we can get that as part of the farm bill that would be a great success. Um, You know, It's something that We've, as an organization, been talking about uh, supply management, growth management. It's the new terminology now, um, but really trying to get something like that into the farm bill so that we have a mechanism that's going forward that will allow us to keep supply and demand in balance.
5: When lobbying for those issues or discussing them with different legislators, what is the feedback or what is that response that you're getting?
6: So, you know, we've been getting a pretty good response, I'd say. Uh, You know, last summer we were out in D.C. and had a conversation with a lot of the Senate and House A committee members and uh, a lot of them had heard it for the first time but thought it was a good idea. And then certainly looking at the numbers that Dr. Stevenson and Dr. Nicholson came up with um, shows that if we would have had this program as part of the 2014 Farm Bill, which was where it was first put into place. Um, if that would have been in place, we might see another five, six thousand dairy farmers across the country, and there would be more dollars that are going back into the farm communities that we're trying to keep building.
5: You mentioned membership. How does your membership look now, and what trends are you seeing in members being active in this policy discussion?
6: Yeah. So you know, we've uh, we still have a great crew of uh, conventional farmers that are very active, but Over the last uh, eight, nine years, we've seen an uptick in membership coming from the community supported agriculture group, Uh, you know, the farmer's market uh, folks that are producing fruits and vegetables and some meat market folks. uh, But we've all seen a a little bit of an uptick in the last year or so um, with meat processors and looking at that and, uh, you know, really the pandemic showed us what kind of issue we have with that. So um, getting those folks more involved and and certainly as our members that want to get those animals into slaughtering facilities can't uh, we need to get more capacity there for that
5: mm-hmm. how do any political changes affect the approach that the Wisconsin farmers Union handles policy discussions both statewide but also nationally
6: yeah certainly looking at especially the farm bill process uh, which is going to be the probably the biggest issue over the next year and a half or so and and uh, with the change in the in the house there you know there's some talk about the farm bill might not even happen but then you hear the next day that, yes, it's going to happen because we've got to split Congress and let's both get a win on, you know, one, both want to have that win. So, you know, I think we're going to keep our message strong that we want to see some kind of growth management plan. Um, The structure of agriculture needs to really change Uh, the model that we're in right now of getting big or get out is not good for anybody. Uh, It's not good for our national security issues. So, you know, we really need to see that structural change and we're going to keep fighting for that.
5: What partnerships do you guys have to help share that? Message to get through that, you know, yes, we need this Farm Bill. We need these policies to be in place.
6: Yeah, so, you know, working with quite a few different groups around the country um, with a couple of uh, main cooperatives here in the Upper Midwest, their board members have uh, watched the S- Stevenson nicholson report and, and are really interested in, in trying to um, move their cooperatives towards adopting this type of a program. Uh, we also have quite a few... Um, Farm bureau members that are members of Farmers Union too, and believe strongly in a growth management plan. And so, working with you know members from other organizations is key in trying to make sure that we have a, a large enough audience to really get this across the finish line. And so, you know, looking at those national organization, National Family Farm Coalition, um, Agrimark is another dairy co-op out of the Northeast, and of course, National Farmers Union is supporting it too.
5: Do you feel that you are representing? sides of the issue and the farmers' problems and things that they're bringing forward to everybody whether they're involved in Farmers Union or not. The things that are really going to hit home in the farm bill.
6: You know, yes, I would say that we are um, and, and we hope that we can continue to do that because really family family farm agriculture is uh, really the identity of rural America and, and when you see small and medium sized farms go out of business, those rural communities disappear after the amount of time too and when once the grocery store leaves and the school shuts down, you don't have that rural community and so having a vibrant economy in rural America is vital and so we want to really see you know a, a structure that's going to allow that to happen.
5: You also talk a lot about a theme of persistence. Can you explain why the theme of persistence and how that impacts you looking forward to the next year and the farm bill and policy?
6: Yeah, you know, it uh, it all started one morning watching CBS Morning News and uh, the the reporter was talking to some kids that had started digging up a stone when they were in kindergarten and, you know, thought it was just going to be a stone and ended up being a boulder. And it took them through their fifth grade year before before they actually got the boulder dug out um, and ma- exposed the whole thing and so you know just looking at that you know when kids that age can be persistent to make something happen or get to the get to the goal line you know that's something that at Farmers Union and a lot of farm, farm organizations really you know we want to get to the end line to make sure that things are better for our members in the local communities and so with the persistence of the Dairy Together movement and, and really talking about growth management for, for many years already but you know, we're not going to quit because we're told no. And I think telling our members and getting our members to um, feel that, you know, yes, you might have said no today, but tomorrow you might say yes, so we're going to keep talking about it.
5: In supporting those members, what are the challenges of maintaining a farm organization The staff challenges, and you guys aren't the only ones. So, what do you see as the challenges that organizations are trying to do this type of work going forward with these staffing issues?
6: I think you know the biggest issue there is—is there enough people out there to fill the positions? You know, and that—that's something that's not that's not just a farm organization issue. It's throughout the whole economy. And um, you know, I think the 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 idea, the um, ideal—you know—having a real understanding of what you want to see happen, what your members want to see happen. Um, and if you get wins here and there throughout the process, uh, people want to be a part of that. And so, you know, just having the, the structure in place to make sure that we can continue to talk about the issues that really need to be discussed and then getting those wins. Um, it helps to keep staff. It helps to keep members. And, you know, we're, we're in that growth process yet and certainly um, want to continue down that road. And as we get more and more members, hopefully we can get some more and more wins. You know, I think the biggest thing there is, is identifying those members that want to be active and want to want to go and talk policy and go to dc and go to madison and and are willing to put those hours in to get the the policies in place that we want to see
2: and again that is darren von ruden the president of the wisconsin farmers union some interesting stuff there and jill you had a chance to be down there as well as you were saying earlier what how was the vibe down there was it positive and kind of energetic
0: it is very positive and energetic they had a lot of good things going on they it's um it's an organization that i think that they really want to work together and they really want to aim legislation towards what is really needed mm-hmm. so there's a lot of good discussions and courtesy and it was there's a lot of positivity, so I'm thinking they're they're doing a lot of good things down there.
2: Excellent to hear. Good, good, good. And we'll be hearing more reports coming from the Wisconsin Farmers Union's annual conference coming up probably this week and in the next week. and Yeah, always good stuff. But we got to keep moving along. We've got to hit those morning markets. We'll have Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. He'll be joining us next. And this morning's markets will be brought to you by Chippewa Egg Solution.
3: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: And it's 5.30 on this Monday morning. Time to check in with your morning markets. We're going to head over to Rocky Olson at Premier Life. Good morning, Rocky.
7: Good morning.
2: So, are you ready for the holidays?
7: Yep, yep, ready to go.
2: Okay, and you got your wife something beautiful and super special and expensive, four wheels, big truck?
7: Yeah, there you go.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, maybe, maybe next year she'll get that. Yep. All right. Well, catch us up, Rocky. What happened last week, Salem? What's coming up this week?
7: Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is how last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. Uh, we did sell over 2,300 head of livestock last week. Fed cattle traded steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 131 to 143. Choice and prime beef steers and heifers 132 to 148. Market cows steady. High yielding cows from 73 to 93. Most cows traded 57 to 72. Market bulls high yielding 83 to $1. four. Lower yielding 82 and down. Newborn whole Holstein bull calves steady to strong. Most Holstein bull calves last week from 85 to 175. Now, Monday, the calves were higher. Uh, We sold the top Holstein bull calves from 180 to 245 dollars per head on the Holsteins. Beef calves, 125 to 385. Uh, big week this week at Premier Tuesday, special feeder cattle auction, bred beef cow auction, expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle, uh, 75 to 100 bred beef cows. Auction uh, also features 150 bellingo feeder cattle. Uh, they're coming from the Midwest Balingo Association. Uh, going to be all calves will be weaned over 45 days. Uh, they're going to have two sets of shots. Full listings online. Uh, then Wednesday, special dairy cattle auction. Very, very big run of dairy cattle for this week. Uh, that gets underway at 11 o'clock a.m. we got 28 fancy Jersey crosses, uh, the exceptional kind, mostly two-year-olds. Guys, uh, if you're looking for the really good crosses, these are the ones that are all parlor, freestyle, Kemper dairy. Here's 60 very nice registered Jersey cows. They're coming from Jinx jerseys. Uh, they'll be all stages of lactation. We also have some uh, registered Brown Swiss. And we have some fresh heifers that are purebred Fleck V's. Lots of top Holstein parlor freestall cows as well. Uh, be over 85 Holstein parlor freestall cows from some of our top consigners. Uh, we also have some registered cows coming in from Todd Stanick. Very fancy there. Uh, has some fancy groups of spring heifers. One group of 25 exceptionally good uh, spring and heifers. Uh, also has some registered Holstein breeding bulls. All the details, pictures, and videos of some of these cows we're selling on our website at Premier Live stockandauctions.com. Questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. And Kristen, that's how it shaped up.
2: Excellent. So now you're going to be open all this week, and like, what are your holiday hours with the holidays coming up?
7: Okay, so we are going to be open Monday as usual. So there will be really no sales schedule changes with uh, New Year's and uh, Christmas. So okay. Be open as usual.
2: Good to know. And what kind of traditions do you have in your family? Do you do something fun and exciting, like um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where you take a day and go sledding or you decorate the tree together? What do well,
7: you think? Do? Do, do? We do do that, but, uh, hey, it's, it's pretty standard. Something standard different stuff. all the time. Nothing's just uh, set in stone, but no, uh, get together family, and like I said, yeah, we do do the tree together, which this year, I actually think we are early. We did it right after Thanksgiving.
2: So. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if I don't talk to you before the holidays, have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll be back in January. All right, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Rocky. There he goes, Rocky Olson, over at Premier Livestock. And Jill, what are your family's traditions? Do you guys do anything super fun? Get out of the house and go like caroling or decorate the trees together? What do you guys kind of do as like a traditional thing you always do?
0: We always decorate the tree together, and we've made Christmas cookies together. But it kind of comes and goes now. With my kids are all out of the house, so it.
2: What's the popular Christmas cookie in your house?
0: <laughs> they like the cut out cookies with the homemade frosting oh. on them. And I did not make any of those. I mm. made, I made uh, Fruit Loop Fiestas. I made uh, Fruit Loop
2: Fiestas.
0: Yeah, they're like a really buttery cookie, and then you roll them in crushed Fruit Loops. Oh, interesting. No, I didn't bring any for you. Oh. Um, and then I made snickerdoodles, and I made M&M cookies, and I rounded up my evening with um, peanut butter cookies with a star in them.
2: Ooh, it sounds delicious. And you know what else is going to be delicious? Our forecast. We're going to jump in with our weather right now. We're going to head over to Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandrea. Mike, are you giving us a delicious forecast for this Beautiful week.
8: I guess it depends on what your uh, term of del- delicious how you would define that. But uh, <laughs> well, it's some...
2: supposed to be good news. It's the season, Christmas season, the time for giving and hope and joy.
8: Well, true, and it, it'll look like uh, some sugar is falling from the sky uh, oh. later this afternoon. Powdered
2: sugar or granulated sugar? You know, like rain, snow? More of a, more of a powdered because oh, powdered uh, it'll sugar. be
8: it'll obviously be a little cooler, uh, and we'll have some clouds move in throughout the rest of today and. Well, eventually leading to those snow showers later this afternoon. Some minor accumulations are possible as our highs only climb to the upper teens. Later on tonight, dipping into the mid-single digits. We'll tap into more sunshine going into tomorrow with highs only into the low teens. And by Tuesday night, we'll be back well below zero again. And then Wednesday and Thursday, we do have a chance at uh, another uh, chance of snow showers moving in that could lead to some more accumulations on top of what we already have that, Could even linger into Friday, so that may even uh, cause some travel impacts for uh, any holiday travel. But it's something that we'll be watching over the next couple of days, something to keep in mind. But then we'll see some much colder temperatures and some very gusty winds where gusts could reach upwards of 45 to even 50 miles per hour towards uh, the middle of the week. And then later on uh, into the weekend, more sunshine for Saturday, but cold with highs into the single digits and a similar story for christmas day and right now we have some clouds starting to roll in and it's a balmy negative two right now in eau
2: claire Ooh, negative two yeah it's a little chilly so now with the wind gust, santa can still fly right is... reindeer are you know the antlers are aerodynamic and they can push through that wind
8: something like that <laughs>
2: okay and what is your favorite christmas cookie
8: i would have to say just your uh, regular sugar cookie I'm, I'm pretty easy to please
2: now the cutout cookie what kind of frosting
8: uh, I don't know. I kind of like just a, a regular, just I guess, the little funfetti one uh, that comes with the sprinkles. Okay.
2: Pretty basic.
8: Yeah, I'm easy to please, like I said. You're
2: easy to please. Well, your <laughs> wife is in for a treat. Yes, she is. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks so much for the update, and we will catch you in the new year.
8: All right. Merry Christmas,
2: Kristen. You too. Thanks, Mike. There he goes, Skyward 13 meteorologist Mike Dandrea this morning, and you heard him. We are at a balmy negative two degrees. It is also that time and chill. So you you do the cutout cookies just like Mike. What about like peanut butter blossoms, or do you do something with caramels? Do you ever try something new and exciting with Christmas cookies?
0: I like the peanut butter cookies that you roll in chocolate. Those ah, are pretty the, good. Those
2: are good. Those are good. I actually tried a new one this year. You take obviously flour because you need that as the main cookie base, but then like a three quarter cup of cocoa. Okay. And then you mix up the dough, you have to refrigerate it for like a half hour to an hour, take it back out, you make it into like a ball, push a rollo in it, and then close it around it and bake them.
0: Oh, wow. Ooh, Those sound delicious. They
2: are horrible. (laughs) You do not want to try them. They are so bad.
0: I make sunbuckles too. I guess I didn't make any of those yet this year.
2: Uh I always like making Christmas cookies. I think the most tedious ones are the cutouts. Because you yeah. have to roll the dough, cut them out, move them to a pan, bake them, take them off the pan, and then the frosting and decorating.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I. I don't mind rolling them and cutting them out. It's the frosting that always gets me because yeah, like I try to recruit. I try to recruit some help to get that do- job done. Wait
2: till those grandbabies get a little older.
0: Yeah, well, I had one grandbaby helping me make lefsa earlier.
2: Ah, I
0: made lefsa again this last week. So, ooh,
2: how many did you make this time?
0: I didn't count them. Too many. No, I didn't make that many, but boy, I struggled with getting them. They kind of didn't roll out very nice for me, so I had some oops and ops, and so that just means more for me to eat, right?
2: Well, nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's 21 minutes before 6 o'clock, and actually Morgan's waving at me. She likes my Santa hat this morning. Good morning, Morgan, and catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom today?
9: Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today coming out of that weekend and into a new week. A Jefferson County deputy is recovering from injuries following a crash on I-94 yesterday morning as authorities report the officer was sitting in a patrol vehicle assisting a tow truck operator when another motorist struck the cruiser from behind. The sheriff's office says the driver who ran into the deputy was transported for medical evaluation. Wisconsin State Patrol is now investigating the crash. If you heard fire sirens heading into the weekend it was likely a fire on Zephyr Hill. There was a duplex there as response in the Eau Claire area were on site. About $100,000 in damages estimated from that fire, the cause still under investigation. On the political stage, the State Department of Revenue is looking to return $640 million to Wisconsinites. The Revenue Department said on Friday that's how much money is available to be claimed from intangible assets, such as cash from forgotten savings accounts, on-cash payroll checks, or refund from insurance premium overpayment. The Revenue Department says that the money from the safe deposit boxes where rent wasn't paid and stocks and mutual funds also on that list. Director of Tax Operations Aaron Egan said one of 10 people here living in the state has unclaimed property. As we look to public health, maybe you've been handing up the tissues or taking the temps. Well, you're not alone. Wisconsin hospitals are in the midst of a new surge of severe respiratory illnesses. Kathy Glenn here, chief nursing officer at SSM Health St. Mary's Hospital in Janesville, says if it's possible, you should try to avoid the emergency room.
0: For the most part, when you're mildly ill, you can have a virtual visit,
9: you can be seen, you can be treated that way, and it's much easier. You can do it from the comfort of your home versus now sitting for a long wait in the urgent care, or even the emergency department. Now Glenn also recommends wearing a mask when in indoor spaces that happen to be pretty crowded. We look to headlines that stretch across the state as two Wisconsin soldiers who died in World War II are finally being laid to rest. The remains of private first-class William Simon were identified last month. Family members in Middleton were contacted at a press release from the Defense pow Accounting Agency says he was killed in action in 1944 while battling German forces. Then heading into the weekend, the agency said... Army Air Force pilot from Grafton has also been identified. First Lieutenant Roy Harms killed in 1943 when his plane was hit by enemy fire during a bombing mission over Romania. When it comes to veterans, we're also honoring those laid to rest during National Wreaths Across America Day. About 600 Forest Hill Cemetery gravesites were adorned with wreaths for the ceremony here locally. Organizers recognize those who have served in the U.S. military each December at Arlington National Cemetery and more than 3,400 other locations across the union and we're not on mount crumpet here wisconsin is far from earning a lump of coal in a recent survey how about that christmas spirit well if you look across america wisconsin is number two on the list there's a new list compiled about the christmas spirit and it's a big jump from last year when the dairy land was number 16 so who's ahead of us just one next year we have to beat New Hampshire. Get those ho-ho-hos ready. And speaking of Christmas spirit, I see uh, Kristen in a Santa hat across from me. I wonder if that means that Jill, who's just out of view, has a red nose on today. Either way, they're pulling the sleigh right back to the barn as we head there now with Kristen, Jill, and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5.
2: <laughs> Thanks so much, Morgan. And I don't know, Jill, do you have a red nose today?
9: I do not.
0: No, if I would go outside, it wouldn't take very long and to be red.
2: True, and you can grab some sticks that, out of my, you know, gift bag and put them on as antlers. Yeah,
0: absolutely, yep. but I don't know if I want to pull your sleigh.
2: What? <laughs> what do you I don't mean? I,
0: I don't know if I'm tough enough. That's oh. all.
2: Well, I need somebody to pull me right now. I think I'm just going to stay in this chair and have you, like, push me around the office.
0: I think that'd be fun. It'd be fun to watch, anyway.
2: Oh, yeah, until we get to the stairway. <laughs> yeah, that would be my luck too. I can just see it now. Oh, did she fall? Nope, she did it to herself. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a busy morning here. Well, we got to keep moving along. We've got morning markets. Those will be coming in next. So, yeah, stay tuned.
3: For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: And it's that time of the morning to check in with some markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Tuna Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. And Jim, catch us up. How'd the sale go last week?
10: Choice beef steers and heifers, $1.20 to $1.46. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, $1.20 to $1.45. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, $1.30 to $1.43. We had an extreme top of $1.47.5. and a half. Choice Holstein steers, $1.15 to $1.29. Select under finished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, $1.14 and down. Top 20% of the cow cow sold from 68 to 80 We had a top of 82 and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 47 to 67 The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 46 and down. Organic market on Tuesday 80% of organic cows sold from 80 to 92. The bottom 20% of organic cows sold from 79 and down. Cow bulls sold from 65 to 90. We had a top of 93. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pounds up Holstein bull calves sold from 40 to $130 per head. Light poor quality calves sold from $40 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $340 per head. All feeder sales are live at, on cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day.
3: The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: And we got to continue with those morning markets. Jerry Fitzgerald joins us now from the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry.
11: Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you and also to you, Jill. And, uh, while well, you guys are in the festive spirit this morning.
2: Yes, we're playing Christmas music, talking about cookies. What's your favorite Christmas cookie?
11: Anything with frosting on it.
2: Well, that does not narrow it down. <laughs> Do you have a particular kind of frosting? Vanilla, almond, peppermint?
11: Uh, I don't know. The uh, the uh, grandkids and uh, grandma made cookies here last week, so anything that's got frosting on is good for me. I don't know.
2: I'm right there with you. I like that, too. Well, well Jerry, anyway. it's a busy yeah, morning here at Wax, and we've got to let people know what's going on. So I guess catch us up. What's going on at the Stratford Equity Barn?
11: All right, uh, Kristen, thank you and good morning, everyone. And this will be the sale schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. We are the week before Christmas, but a busy marketing week, full marketing week on tap here. We start this morning, Monday morning, uh, bright and early with the market animal sale today. Of course, we do sell conventional market cows on Monday, uh, fed cattle and bulls, baby calves, 1130 30 uh, this morning on those baby calves. And, uh, just, to uh, keep in mind, uh, from last week, the stronger market on the calves was on Monday's auction last week. Tuesday, a uh, busy day tomorrow, Tuesday Stratford. We start at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock dairy auction and we do have a real nice consignment of cows today uh, for that sale tomorrow. These are going to be first lactation Holstein cows, parlor, sand bedded, freestyle cows and these are going to be organic Cows. They're coming from an organic farm, and so they got very good components on them. The uh, owner is just a little bit overstocked, so they are sending a very good selection of organic cows. So if you folks are in the organic business or the conventional business, here's an opportunity to buy some very top-quality cows. And like I said, these are all young first-calf heifers here, and that will be tomorrow at 11 o'clock here at Stratford. and We'll follow that uh, tomorrow with the market auction, including the organic market cows. And on Wednesday, normal sales schedule on Wednesday, of course, uh, does start uh, with the market cattle, uh, fed cattle, sheep, hog, and goats. And we do have a feeder cattle sale this uh, this week, and we're looking at a good run of feeder cattle again. We've already got some cattle consigned for that sale. That will be a noontime start this week on Wednesday, and our Thursday auction to end up the week does start at 11 o'clock. So a full marketing week on tap here at Stratford. Again, if you folks got any questions, uh, 687-4101 is our phone number. And, um, well, I know, uh, last, uh, middle of last week was just not very good for moving around in the roads and hopefully things will get strained out a little bit, but i tell you over here, Kristen, it's just so many trees, uh, down They're working very diligently to get those cleaned up. Most folks got their power back on Friday. So it's been one of those interesting weeks last week. And so... We'll be back here tomorrow morning to update the report from today. And, Kristen, well, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. And we're we'll looking forward to talking to you in 2023.
2: Sounds good, Jerry. Have a great holiday, Merry Christmas, and enjoy the new year.
11: Yes, we will do that. And I will be talking to the big man tomorrow morning.
2: Yep, he should be here. I think he Very should get good. a Santa hat and bells and do a little ho ho hoing.
11: Well, and leave him some eggnog or something, you know.
2: Oh, he's a true agricultural man. He wants milk.
11: Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) you can spike that, too. All right, you ladies have a nice day, and we'll talk about Bob tomorrow morning.
2: Sounds good. Thanks so much, Jerry. (laughs) There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn.
3: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
1: So far, we haven't had any bitterly cold weather, but you know it's Wisconsin, and it's going to happen. Dan Undersander is with us on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program, and Dan, uh, as far as the new genetics and all these crops are getting so much better, what about the cold tolerance in alfalfa, and what do we have to be concerned about as far as weather, snow cover, and things like that? Bob, there's
12: uh, been great improvements in winter hardiness of alfalfa, and Uh, It is important to realize that the plant changes from summer to winter. The summer plant, which is based on a physiology for growing, will actually die if it gets down to 32 degrees. But the winter plant can go down to about 15 without dying. So there's a big change in the morphology. The thing we have to keep in mind is how much of that winter hardiness developed. And in order for it to develop, we need to have a couple weeks of fluctuating temperatures around 40 and down towards freezing at night in the fall. If that happens and we get 100% of the winter hardiness potential, if it suddenly turns cold, we have only a fraction of the winter hardiness potential. Generally, this year we had good weather for the winter survival ability to develop within the plant. Now, the other kinds of things to keep in mind, and some of this is management. Of course, we can enhance winter survival by having our soil fertility in good shape. A high potassium level and sulfur level in the root will help the plant survive the winter. If we shorted our potassium application in the fall, then that is a weaker plant. The other kinds of things that involve management, uh, of course, if you didn't cut it, you have the residue there. That insulates the ground. In many areas, if we're going to get snow, it's a good idea to take that fall harvest, especially with the value of alfalfa. But it does weaken the plant a little bit. The other thing then to keep in mind is alfalfa will die if the crown gets down to 15 degrees. But that is the temperature in the soil at about three or four inches from the surface down to the depth of the major crown. If we have good snow cover, we seldom get that cold in the soil, and so alfalfa survives. If we have a long period of really cold weather, like zero to ten degrees, and no snow cover, then the ground surface gradually gets that cold, and then that alfalfa plant will suffer. Now, again, I said snow is an important thing. We seldom see winter kill under snow. An exception would be where that snow gets packed, like from snowmobile tracks. Sometimes the packing is enough to cause the alfalfa to die. Sometimes it simply kills the uh, shoots that were put down last fall, and as the alfalfa greens up in the spring, you can see the snowmobile tracks because the alfalfa is shorter and the yield is less. A number of factors impact winter survival. Uh, generally, alfalfa has a good ability to survive the winter, but a significant portion of it depends on the way we manage that alfalfa. We should go back and think about what we did the last few months and and decide if we treated that alfalfa appropriately for a good and rapid green-up and a high yield in the
1: spring. Thank you, Dan. So At least so far, the weather is uh, so far so good snowmobiling and things like that uh, you can control that in your stands but uh, they'll make it through the winter if they're taking care of those alfalfa stands dr dan undersander our state forage specialist with us once again on our next girl alfalfa update program
2: thank you so much bob and we've got to take a look at our markets before we head out and do some barn chores i think jill's going to help shovel this morning outside in the backyard Absolutely. Awesome. All right, Chicago Board of Trade, we got your March corn down four at six forty eight. Your March oats down two at three thirty six. March beans down thirteen cents at fourteen seventy. March soybean meal down nine eighty to four fifty forty a ton. March wheat down a fraction at seven fifty three. Country elevators in the area. We've got Baldwin at 603 for corn, 1395 for beans. Durand is at 594 and 1389. Mondovi at 605 and 1394. Elmwood's at 603 and 1399. Fall Creek, 585 for corn, 1374 for beans. Osseo's at 608 and 1399. Elk Mount is at 596 and 1397. Sparta's at 591 and 1375. Ellsworth is at $5.73 for corn, $13.45 for beans. Wheat and Grain and Chippewa, $5.90 for corn, and $14.08 for beans. Ethanol plants in the area. Boystville's at $6.22. Stanley's at $6.08. New Richmond's at $6.05. On the dairy side, Barrel Cheese down 3 and a quarter cent to $1.74. Your Blocks down $0.11.5 to $1.97 and three quarters. double Double-A Grade Butter up 4 and three quarter cent to $2.85.5. And, and your Class Three Futures for December down $0.04 cents at twenty fifty. January down forty cents to nineteen twenty four. February down twenty at nineteen oh seven. March down twelve cents at nineteen thirty four. April down fifteen cents at nineteen sixty two. And then the markets were downward trending through next July. And Jill, it's my last morning with you until January. What are you going to do without me for two weeks?
0: Um, hopefully, I can get the board to run the way it's supposed to.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it will be just
0: fine. It'll be just fine. It'll well. Be- an adventure for me, just like it's an adventure for you
2: to stay home with your kids. Yes. Oh, yeah. I might be begging to come back. <laughs> well, you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I will see you in 2023. And Jill, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year.
0: Right back at you.
2: Here she is. We're at negative two degrees right now in Eau Claire, looking at a mostly cloudy day. Snow later on, but it's.